0: Welcome to the First Lady Nutrition podcast. Anne-Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author and visionary who has written over 37 books spanning four decades on nutrition and healthy living. For more information, check out annelouise.com. This episode of First Lady Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee. Anne-Louise recommends Purity Coffee because of their proprietary roasting method, which gives Purity 65% higher levels of antioxidants than any other organic coffees. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now your host, nutrition, diet, detox, and environmental visionary and the First Lady of Nutrition, Anne Louise Gittleman.
1: Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here for First Lady of Nutrition. Today, I'm beyond excited to introduce you to Brian Tucky, who is the creator of Fascial. Counter-Strain, which was talked about in Tony Robbins' new book, Life Force. So without further ado, Brian Tuckey, who has introduced to the United States of America and beyond the most effective form of physical therapy you've never heard of. Brian Tuckey, welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I'm so excited to speak to you because you have a form of physical therapy that is extraordinary. Can you explain what you've created, please, for my audience?
2: Uh, Hi, Anne Louise. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, it's a new form of manipulation uh, that is called fascial counterstrain, and it has its origins in the osteopathic field as strain and counterstrain, which started back in the late 1950s by a Dr. Larry Jones, who was an osteopathic physician. And basically, Dr. Jones was an osteopath who functioned as a primary care doctor. And one of his a patient was referred to him by two chiropractors who had chronic low back pain. And at that time, osteopaths would you know, act as the primary care, but they'd also use manipulation to help their patients with pain. So two chiropractors who had seen this guy with severe low back pain for six weeks apiece referred him to Dr. Jones because they were unable to make any progress. And the guy presented with severe uh, pain whenever he tried to stand fully erect. And Dr. Jones, diagnosed him with what is called psoasitis, and it's basically a spasm of the psoas, which makes your your lumbar two segment very locked up. And he performed five weeks of manipulation on the guy, uh, high velocity chiropractic type techniques, and was unable to help him. And the guy came in and said to Dr. Jones, you know, I think if I could just sleep, I might be able to heal and respond to your treatment. So having had no success to that time, Dr. Jones Said, okay, let's just spend today trying to find a position that you can comfortably sleep in. So he used some pillows and he started to try different positions. And then he eventually found a position where the patient was essentially rolled up into a ball that he found completely comfortable. And the guy's like, yeah, right here. I, I have no pain.
1: Oh, wow. So,
2: so then Dr. Jones said, Well, let's let's, you know, put you in this position to see if you stay comfortable and I'll go treat another patient or two and come back. So he comes back about 20 minutes later. And the guy just gives him a thumbs up, says, yeah, I still feel great. And he says, okay, well, you know, you've probably memorized this position by now. So why don't you try and sleep like this tonight? And meanwhile, he's taking the pillows out and, and the guy's standing up. And to his and the patient's amazement, he stood perfectly straight. And Dr. Jones is like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know that that sharp pain is is gone. And he said, well, see if you can backward bend. So he went into backward bend. And Dr. Jones would always (laughs) tell the story saying he he went at least 50% into extension with no pain. And both of them are completely baffled as to how that position of of ease and comfort just held for 20 minutes, completely fixed his his back. Uh, Dr. Jones assessed him that psoas tension was way down, if not gone, his L2 segment moved normally. And then long story short, the guy came back, uh, you know, several days later and walked in upright and said, you know, I don't know what you did, but you know I, I can live with the slight residual pain that remains. And you know that was the beginning. So Dr. Jones started to experiment with uh, positions of comfort and using that as a treatment instead of forcing you know through the restrictions and through the pain. And you know the, several discoveries were made. One was that in each one of these uh, you know reflex contractions or spasms, there was a diagnostic tender point that was mappable. In other words, each tender point, you could find a position that correlated with that, that would alleviate that tender point, take care of that joint dysfunction. So he was able to start mapping out all these different tender points, as he called them. And then by the end of his uh, you know, career, by the time I actually met him, he had 200 different tender points and releases mapped out uh, for all parts of the body. And I think the key thing for your you know, listeners to understand is that it was the beginning of what is called you know, indirect manipulation versus direct. And so most forms of manipulation, massage, you know, they're finding a barrier and they're trying to you know, force through the barrier. They'll stick their elbow in a trigger point. You know, they'll do a pop and crack technique like high velocity. They're forcing through the barrier. Indirect techniques are proprioceptive in nature. They shut down the pain, shut down the tension, and allow the trapped swelling to dissipate over time. The beauty of this is number one, it's completely painless. And number two, these techniques have outstanding carryover. So since it gets to the real source, which we'll talk about a little bit of the trapped inflammation, um, it's very lasting and you don't have to retreat the same dysfunctions over and over again. So what does this have to do with fascia? So at the time when I started training under Dr. Jones and and I had, uh, taken many types of manual therapy before I met him in the first two years out of school. And this was around, you know, 1991, 1992. So I learned, you know, chiropractic stuff. I learned trigger point therapy and, you know, all the you know PT modalities that we typically do like stretching, strengthening, et cetera. And I was very frustrated with the carryover. Again, I would pop a joint and two days later, the person would come back and it was exactly where I left it. It stuck again. The paradigm was you're breaking up scar tissue, but you know, my patients didn't agree with that because the scar tissue was apparently you know reforming overnight
1: mm. so that's where
2: you get that's where you get this you know over and over again you know come three times a week for six years and you know we'll keep mm. popping. yeah uh, so i was like you know the theory is not matching what i'm seeing clinically so i started studying with dr jones and you know the first thing i realized was that you know i did not have to redo these points so it's not like one release would cure everybody like his original patient because that was somewhat rare but you you didn't have to go back and do the same techniques over and over again. In about two years, I had taken the entire curriculum and apparently I I impressed him enough that he asked me to start uh, assisted teaching with him and eventually I became a full instructor with him. I think he certified four people before he died. So I started using his technique as my primary treatment and I did that for several years and then would fall back on my other techniques when I'd run out of tender points. And Dr. Jones at the time, you know, again, was pretty much done practicing and and getting older. um, And the other therapists that were learning, they really weren't all that interested in how the technique was working, you know, why it worked, but I was. So I was constantly looking at the research and saying, what exactly are we doing? What are these tender points? You know, why does this technique last, you know, anatomically, what is going on here? So I, I just would scour the research for years. And I had a major breakthrough when one day, a patient came in that was referred to me in the area uh, with chronic pain in that lower rib region, you know, by the floating ribs, thoracolumbar region, and she had seen many people and was told to come see me because, you know, I had some, some different tricks, and I did my best for her and, and um, really was unable to help her fully, and there was an area of tightness right down by that 11th and 12th rib that I, I just couldn't, you know, release. I couldn't find any tender points that correlated with this, but I could feel it. And, and the patient said, um, you know, you were the person I was told that, you know, could get this last bit of pain. And uh, she says, I'm really, you know, not able to function. I said, you know what, there's another osteopathically trained guy in Baltimore that I know has more training and experience than me that might be able to help you. I say, I'll give you his name, go see him. If he manages to help you, you got to come back and tell me what he did, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded as to what this is. Anyway, about Three, four weeks later, she came back and she said that he identified her problem and and two or three sessions was able to to really help her. And I said, what was it? And she said, it's kind of weird, but it was my kidney. Yeah, and so I I thought about the area of the anatomy and it was down by the 11th and 12th, rib. it was the kidney. And I said, kidney, she said, he said, yeah, it was was a visceral manipulation. So I then of course started studying- That,
1: That means organ manipulation.
2: Exactly, organ manipulation. So our, our organs are not bouncing around inside our body. They're, they're anchored, okay? They're anchored to each other via fascia, connective tissue, and they're anchored to the thoracic cage, like your lungs, via the pleura. They're anchored to uh, the kidney, for example, has the renal fascia that holds the kidneys to the back of the, of the low back area on the front side of the low back. Um, anyway, so I started studying in visceral manipulation, and sure enough, when I took this deep fascial manipulation Oregon, you know techniques back to the clinic, I found a whole area of tightness that I was unaware of previously. And I started performing these direct techniques, you know, stretching this uh, deep visceral tissue on my patients that I was kind of stuck with. And the first thing I realized was that the tissue, like the days I would not counterstrain and I would try and fight things, the tissue was fighting back. And I was used to counter straining where I would put things in a position of ease and it would just melt away, I didn't have to fight it. And I'm like, man, this reminds me of when I used to do joint work and, and extremity stretching and the muscles would fight back before I counter So I was stuck on this one lady's uh, anchoring structure of her liver, they're called the triangular ligaments. And I had treated her three or four times, loosened it up. She said it really, really helped for two days but then it came back. So out of frustration one day, I said, you know what? Let me try not directly stretching the anchoring ligaments of the liver, let me try and counter strain the liver and take it into the direction of ease. Mm. So I took it in the direction of ease and I just felt the whole area, you know, relax. It, it started to soften. I started feeling these waves of, of, of pulsation which is the vascular drainage, we call the therapeutic pulse, and which I was accustomed to feeling with, with you know, Dr. Jones's points. Held it for, you know, the, the 90 seconds that you know, we would do back then brought it back and it had a full restoration. I mean, it was totally loose. And the patient said, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's it. That, that feels totally different. She came back and it, it had resolved. So what that was, was the first paradigm shift for me that I realized we were calling many of these Jones points muscles. Although many of them anatomically didn't really match the muscle system. They just didn't match, but we were just calling them all muscles. But it, I realized that we were treating fascia, okay? And that fascia somehow is contractile. And this was before the days. This was back in six 1997. Early. Before, yeah, early, before we knew fascia is contractile, which we do today. And so I called up a couple uh, NIH doctor friends of mine, and I said, you know, is there something contractile about fascia? Because I just treated a visceral ligament with counterstream. I released it, even though it's not a muscle. And uh, Dr. Shah, who's on my paper I just published that we'll talk about in a, a little bit later, Um, He said, not not that I'm aware of Brian, he said, you know, but I, he had been a patient of mine and he said, you know, I trust you. I know your hands are amazing. He's like, I'll, uh, if I ever see anything in literature, I'll let you know. Well, he emailed me back about six months later and said, it just came out in the research that, you know, fascia has myofibroblasts. It has little smooth muscle cells and that it is in fact contractile. So what fascia is, is it makes up all of our soft tissues. So it makes up our ligaments. It makes up our, our vessels on the outer wall it's the muscle covering. It's the uh, covering of the organs. It's really everything and it's contractile. It is a, an amazing uh, untapped area of tightness and it it is also full of pain receptors.
0: The first lady nutrition podcast is brought to you by purity coffee with 65% higher levels of antioxidants than other organic coffees. Purity coffee uses third-party labs to test for pesticides, mold, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. Purity Coffee also uses a proprietary roasting protocol that retains high levels of bioactive compounds and that have been linked to specific health benefits and is especially supportive of the heart and liver, which Anne Louise writes about in Radical Metabolism and Radical Longevity. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter a coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. That's puritycoffee.com and enter a coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the podcast.
2: So anyway what, what that allowed me to do then was to start to look at the human body from the perspective that hey maybe these tender points are actually just fascial tender points and I should just see what anatomy they're associated with and over time I mapped out 50 more uh, visceral releases you know within a couple years and then I started going back through Jones's work and realized that some of them were muscle fascia some of them were actually arterial fascia some of them were related to the nervous system and I just made a, a huge anatomical spreadsheet, and over the next 25 years, which is you know fast forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know where we are today, I mapped out basically a tender point and a release for virtually every structure in the human body.
1: So you have a system that uniquely can identify and correct dysfunctions in the vascular, in the nervous, the muscular, skeletal, and the visceral symptom systems.
2: Correct. It's an anatomical model that is multi-system, okay? And so we don't just check out your musculoskeletal system, you know, as most PTs and chiropractors would do. You know, if you have a problem with your nervous system, we'll, we will check the nervous system. We check the vascular system. Um, you know, for example, if someone with irritable bowel syndrome, you know, that's a visceral and neurological and a vascular problem into the, into the gut, you know, people with fibromyalgia, they have multiple systems that are involved. That's why they have, you know, things that aren't related to the muscle system, um, you know, vertigo and, you know, post-concussion syndrome of the brain, brain fog. These are all neurovascular type concussions that are not in the scope of the average, you know, musculoskeletal practitioner, but can be perfectly addressed with the multi-system counter
1: So how do we find practitioners that practice your technique? Let's talk about that for
2: a minute. So the, the good news is that um, we're getting towards the highest level of this development. I'm you know, currently mapping out all the structures into the brain, including the venous sinuses of the brain, the neuron, upper motor neuron pathways, the arteries of the brain. So we can affect things all the way into the central nervous system. Uh, you know, the bad news is there are not a tremendous number of highly trained practitioners yet. The ones that have taken four classes or more are listed on counterstrain.com. And it's a website that is, uh, you know, designated to fascial counterstrain, uh, the modern version that I developed. So if if someone says they had strain and counterstrain, that was Dr. Jones's old version of 200 kind of random releases. Fascial counterstrain is the modern version where we have, you know, over 1,200 uh, diagnostic tender points in all systems to check. My so counterstrain, counterstrain.com, you search for practitioner, and you may have one in your hometown, you may have one that you have to travel. The problem being though, is if the person's only had a few classes and they come up, you know, person with most experiences listed on the top on that search engine, um, you might have a severe condition that is not appropriate for somebody who's only had four classes. So like if you have something in the world of, let's say, you know, low back pain, you know, sciatica, uh, plantar fasciitis, shoulder pain. Those are all things that someone four or five classes could very likely help you with. If you've got, on the other hand, you know, chronic issues. issues, Yeah, brain issues, (laughs) tremors, epilepsy, trigeminal neuralgia, these severe things, you're gonna have to find somebody who's at the assistant instructor level or, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 classes. Have you
1: had success with Alzheimer's, ALS and Parkinson's with your brain work?
2: So again, specific, Yeah, you know, every condition we can have a different conversation, but let, let me just say this. Um, if you look at the brain from an anatomical perspective, and I, I think let's start with like a post-concussion syndrome and what the athletes are getting, which is, you know, a, a condition um, where it's called CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So they get multiple concussions, they get lots of dysfunction of their upper neck, and they get vasospasm, spasms of the arteries and veins that go in and out of the head. And,
1: and the what vagus does, nerve, I bet, and the vagus nerve.
2: Right, and they can exactly, trigeminal and vagus nerve get involved. And so that starts to affect the blood supply, impairs it in and out of the head. And initially they have headaches and vision problems and vertigo and chronic headaches and brain fog. And at that point it's completely reversible because mm-hmm. we can open up those pathways and just you know get rid of the inflammation and everything starts working working normally again. However, if if you take a person who's had post-concussion syndrome and then you leave it cook for 20, 30 years, you know, that lack of blood flow, which is called perfusion in and out of the brain, eventually starts to starve the tissues and the cells can start to die. So what we have to look at in a case where the person has like early memory loss, well, that's kind of looking at a plant. If you use a plant perspective, if you don't water the plant, it starts to turn... Green, it starts to wilt, it doesn't grow anymore. Well, if you water that plant in that green wilting stage, it will come back, okay, you know, by restoring uh, the anatomy. But what if that plant has become brown, okay? At that point, you know it died from a lack of water, but watering it now is too late. So to be honest, and I'm just being completely honest and that if you say, you know, something with the brain, the answer as to whether we could help that is always it depends know, it depends on how long they've had it. It depends on what stage it is, but you can kind of restore it, stop it, and turn the clock back. But somebody with full-blown Alzheimer's disease who doesn't even know the name of their loved one, at that point, it's too late.
1: No, I, I, I see. So what are the most extraordinary success cases you've had?
2: Well, you know, to be honest, I, I'll tell you some some success stories real quick are a couple uh, cases that are just more typical because I've had some extraordinary things happen that, that I've only happened a few times and I really don't like to talk about things I'll we can't. Talk
1: about it. Talk about it.
2: Well, I, you know, l- let me just use uh, uh, two of the ones that were profiled initially in uh, Tony Robbins' uh, Life Force book that was just came out this year. Wonderful All-
1: book, Brian. You were You were featured in that book.
2: Exactly. So it's New York Times bestseller, Tony Robbins, who's a, who's a you know friend of mine and a long-term patient of mine, uh, you know, help him in with his entourage and, and his own pain. And so in his Life Force book, his goal was to tell the public about medical breakthroughs that are coming and medical breakthroughs that you may not be aware of. So uh, easing pain with counter strain is on page 256. It's a chapter on this technique that Tony and I wrote. And just, he said, profile two Two people, or at least one person, and you know, we'll see what the editor does with it. That people would know. So one of the one of the cases, and you can read history on counterstring.com as well, is a uh, soccer player by the name of uh, Diego Valeri, and he's the was the Portland Timbers, uh, you know, the American League, you know, captain midfielder, and he came to one of my uh, cohorts who is in that area in Portland, Tim Hodges, who Tim's one of my instructors. And he came in last in 20, I think it was 2019 or 2018. He came in last in the conditioning test. And his ankles were essentially fused from repeated strains. He could no longer sprint. And they moved him from striker to midfield because he was just not as fast as he used to be. And he came in last in the conditioning test. He was in chronic pain. And he got referred to Tim word of mouth. And uh, Tim started working on him. And I was out there teaching. And I started working on him You know, when I would come out to teach. Long story short, by the end of the season, uh, he had a complete turnaround in his function. He ended up uh, being named MVP of the, of the finals. They won the championship that year. Uh, he was named the MVP of the entire league that year. The next season, he came in first in the conditioning test.
1: Oh, my gosh. And,
2: and set a goal for all-time Timbers' goal score, 21 goals, including 10 headers. He was unable to jump at all when we met him. He couldn't even move his ankles. And then he signed another long-term contract. Um, So he went from last to first and was named MVP. And he was on his way out, you know, admittedly. So uh, here, you know, of course, with his success, you know, that whole team started seeing Tim. And Tim now does, you know, unofficially work with the Portland Timbers. Um, Another brain case was a patient of mine. Her name is uh, Helen Moroulis. And Helen Moroulis is the 2016 Olympic champion gold medalist freestyle Uh, gold medalist in 2016. And that's wrestling, freestyle wrestling. And she was the first, you know, American to win that uh, gold medal. She got a concussion, a significant concussion uh, following the Olympics in 2016, ended up developing chronic, you know, post-concussion syndrome, um, PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. So she had anxiety, headaches. She just could not perform anymore. And she, she retired in 2019. Well, she lives in Virginia near me. I'm in I'm in Frederick, Maryland. And so she was referred out to me by, you know, some of her colleagues and friends out there just for treatment because she just couldn't function in society. And after two hours of treatment, she came back and she said, after the second session, she said, I feel, you know, amazing. She's like, Can I wrestle again? And I said, Helen, there's no reason you can't wrestle again, but you know, you haven't wrestled in a while. She's like, she's like, you know, I'm I'm really good. She's like, I can get back in shape in time. And I'm like, go for it, you know, come see us here and there. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you on your way to the Pan Am Games. And she called up the Olympic Committee. They said, yeah, we'll give you a wild card to the Pan Am Games. She won uh, the Pan Am Games. That gave her a wild card to the Olympic trials. She won the Olympic trials. And then she went all the way back to the Olympics in 2021 um, and lost the gold medal by basically one point. And she ended up getting a bronze medal. Um, but, but here she's back to Olympic competition at the highest level.
1: Wow. And,
2: and had completely checked out of wrestling and was just coming to see if she could function in society so and those are pretty typical you know type outcomes you know i've had some crazy stuff happen again that i i I would hate to to act like we've had vision changes and you know one guy that um was legally blind his his vision came back after uh restoring the blood flow to his occipital lobe some crazy stuff that is not consistently happening. So, you know, it's not something we would advertise as an indication,
1: Uh, but- No, but it's still very empowering and very motivating. Hi, my friends, before I go any further, let me take a moment to to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the FAP Lasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to UnikiHealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent
2: you. Yeah, and I think the idea and what I would say to the listeners, you know, is that um, it is a non-pharmacological, non-drug, and it is a non-surgical intervention that is done in a limited time. So, you know, we just do, you know, two, three, four hours of work, and then it helps you or it doesn't help you. It's not something you do, you know, ongoing forever, uh, because we don't have to repeat this forever. And if you see somebody who's at a lower level, they'll, they'll work with you for a while. And if they reach a plateau, they'll say, look... You know, I've done what I can for you, and you need to go see somebody higher level, um, or if we don't think it can be even helped, well, you know we'll send you to another medical practitioner for a workup. But uh, it's it's basically the wheelhouse of counter strain are the idiopathic conditions, the unknown conditions, where they tell you, we don't know what's wrong with you, or they tell you that it's in your head because your tests are coming back negative. When it comes to uh, what this is treating, and I'll get briefly into the science here because there may be even some medical practitioners, you know, on the, on the feet here at the cytokine level, at the, at, you know, the inflammatory level and all the receptors in the body, how and what a tender point is I had to publish this article and it was 147 citations, um, 6,300 words published in, in, um, foundations of musculoskeletal pain, a major journal. And it basically is the newest theory on chronic Peripheral pain, pain that comes from your body that's chronic and, and unknown. And what is happening is that inflammation, okay, gets trapped in the clear fluid of our body, which is the interstitial fluid.
1: Hmm. Another,
2: another way to say what is the clear fluid is blister fluid. You know, we've all seen blister fluid, and that's what they even call it in the research. That's the interstitial fluid. It is the fluid between your cells, and that's where the inflammation is trapped. It is not in the bloodstream. So, when you take a medication or you take a supplement, it's mainly in the bloodstream and a little bit seeps into the interstitial space. But the problem is this inflammation triggers the fascia through some complicated reflex arcs to contract. And it traps that inflammation in that clear fluid, and then that causes all kinds of problems, ongoing pain, ongoing muscle guarding, ongoing vasospasm, through reflex arcs. And the, again, there's there's receptors in the tissue in the fascia. Called nociceptors and the chemicals, the cytokines, the inflammation stimulates those nociceptors and they do all kinds of bad things when it gets to the spinal cord. Mm-hmm. So, this interstitial stasis can be identified by these surface tender points. And that's what I developed and Dr. Jones developed over this 30 year period. So, we're able to find out where this trapped inflammation is, what tissue it's trapped in, and we decompress it, we unload it, we create a vacuum around it, and then it seeps out because it allows all that you know, inflammation to go into the lymphatic system and then your body pumps it out. So this is why it has such permanency because we literally find the trap swelling, drain it out with our hands, it's completely painless, it drains out. And when we start to go through these points, patients are always like, that's my spot, that's the thing, you know, that's what everyone sticks their thumb in. Uh-oh. And it's the surface tender point, but we treat the deep source. So I might be monitoring a muscle on the surface, but I'm gliding a nerve, or I'm gliding an organ uh, area of stasis deep inside the body.
1: Fascinating. Is there an at-home program to kind of exercise and stretch these tender points?
2: So, okay, so the first thing to understand is that there's a musculoskeletal component to really every tender point. So, so in other words, our muscles guard inflammation and irritation in all structures. So if you were to really strain the nerves that go from your neck down into your arm, like the brachial plexus, your trapezius and your all your muscles would contract and guard to to take the load off of that inflamed nerve. Yes. So, so many times practitioners errantly go into the trapezius, oh, this is a trapezius problem and start digging their thumb into your trapezius. <laughs> but, what, but what that is, is a muscle guarding reflex that is Really guarding the inflamed nerve. Okay.
1: That, that, that's brilliant what you just said because most practitioners don't know what the hell they're doing.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say that. I say, I, let's just say you don't that, 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 that like the training is inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. The paradigm is faulty. And I'm a physical therapist. I went through school and they told me pretty much everything's musculoskeletal. And, you know, great, great paradigm, completely not true. Okay. So the, the, the problem is if you look at the science today and the article goes through this, You know, every single connective tissue, every single soft tissue from the periosteum on the bone to the fascia around the nerve called the epineurium to the tunica adventitia of every vessel, the outside covering, all has the same pain receptors. So you can't just say you're treating muscle pain. You know, it's pain, it's fascial pain. And you have to have a system that allows you to identify what type of pain it is, where that inflammation is trapped and get rid of it. So the point is, once we get this deep tension out, and And, kind of get to the source of this problem, we give home exercises. Okay, watch your posture. you know, do some gentle yoga. You know, watch your diet. Don't eat inflammatory foods, which could seep back in here. We give lots of advice, But the first stage is get to that deep area of inflammation, get it out of there so you so you don't have this reflex that you can't exercise through. You know, everybody out there who's on a feed here who's had chronic pain and severe chronic pain, and they tell you stretch through it. You know, stretch your hamstrings, stretch your neck. And you're like, I try, but it hurts. And it comes
1: right back, yeah.
2: Because they're way too far downstream, okay? The source is much deeper. The source is another tissue many times and you gotta to get to that source. Now, if the source is muscle, which you can have muscle pain, then muscle techniques work well, okay? And I have, you know, several classes that we identify the muscle trigger points and we treat those. But if the source is visceral organ, or nerve and you treat the muscle it's going to come right back so where can we read more about you life force yeah life force or again counterstrain.com we've got interviews uh, there's you know patients that are interviewed and testimonials on there um, you can go to uh, tucky pt for physical therapy PT.com. that's my personal website um, you know i've got stuff about our clinic and all, all my my associates who we, things we treat so um, Really, again, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I think we want to be there in our wheelhouse is when everyone's giving up on you, okay? When, when they tell you, you know, it's in your head, again, like they tell you there's nothing wrong with you. When the MRI comes back, not showing much. When the x-ray comes back, not showing much, just some normal degeneration. And you're like, I, I still hurt or I didn't respond to basic rehab. Uh, you know, those are the people that, that are, are really our wheelhouse you know, can we use it for performance with athletes? Absolutely. You know, can we use it to help stop degeneration from progressing? You know, you know, absolutely. Um, is it a cure-all? No. Okay. You know, you can come to us where it's just too far damaged and, you know, all we can do is turn it back a little bit. So, you know, it is not a cure-all. We, we can't fix genetic things, things like AMI or traffic lateral ALS, like you said, no, we can't help those type of neurodegenerative diseases. We absolutely have a limitation. And I want this to be and it is, it's becoming adjunctive. So I, you know, I've gotten into the science. I have many PhD, MD, uh, PhD friends. This is going to be a, a, a technique in the future that doctors use and refer as a mainstream technique. It's not hocus pocus. It's not voodoo. Um, and, you know, again, it's something that physicians are using for their own bodies. They're referring for it. I was just invited yesterday to go speak at Virginia Commonwealth University to a group of uh, neurologist and and you know doctors who are talking about dysautonomia,
0: Wonderful. which is basically
2: yeah. So the, you know I'm getting invites now you know in the physician world because you know I've I've got those contacts and and it's a mainstream medical technique.
1: Well, you've got the results. You've got real life results.
2: Yeah, it starts with that. And again, I if anything, people say, why haven't I heard of this? You know already, and you know why aren't you you know advertising yourself and, Tony Robbins asked me years ago, you want to get on Dr. Oz? And I said, no, Tony, I can't get on Dr. Oz. There aren't enough of us. So I'm working really hard on trying to get more practitioners, uh, currently only teaching in, in you know, four different countries. So if any of you what out are, there... What are the
1: countries, Brian?
2: So obviously the United States, Australia, France, and we're teaching a handful of Italians uh, who are mostly coming to France to, to train. Um, so if, if you are a practitioner and you'd like to, you know, join the movement, uh, per se, and, and and learn how to do this work, um, again, it, the the, ca- uh, the website CounterString.com or MyTuckyPT.com can give you a link to teaching, but where you learn, it's it's Jones Institute uh, is what teaches in North America, okay, domestically, but you can just go to, to the teaching links on my website or CounterString.com, go to North America, it will link you to the Jones Institute, named after Dr. Jones, the originator of Counterstrain. And jjicounterstrain.com. it links you right to the Jones Institute or through one of the other websites. And you take, it's called Foundations of Fascial Counterstrain. You know, Foundations of Fascial Counterstrain. That's the first class. And that class, we go through all the science behind it. We, we start teaching you the assessment and we give everybody about 40 techniques and five different systems. And they just go back and learn it, come back about six months later and you know, jump into the second class and start going.
1: Wow. What do you hope to accomplish with all this? What's the end goal?
2: Uh, really to, to change medicine. Really, I, there's too, many, too much expense out there and used on techniques that, that don't, you know, don't last, don't work. There are too many people um, taking medications for symptoms, you know, not taking medications you know, that are more curative, like antibiotic. Uh, too many people are drip, addicted to opioids. Too many people who are told that they can't be helped and and their quality of life is impaired. Um, I, you know I, I, that's why I'm saying I, I I've held back, you know, getting this out there. I, I I don't you know advertise myself. We we've got a lot of business. I I want other practitioners out there. I want people to find uh, somebody local. I want to have this available around the world to really give people an option for a non-surgical, non-pharmacological a curative therapy that is is reasonably priced. It's something that you can you can afford um, and get it done and get and get moving on with your life.
1: Thank you for being my guest, Brian. Will you come back?
2: Sure, anytime, and give you some updates on on where we are. Like I said, uh, the brain work is is what I'm mapping out right now. It's uh, you know it's it's got a lot of promise. It's it's really something that I think if we could get to some of these conditions like, again, you talk about Alzheimer's or, or dementia or the CTE, you know, get to these people earlier. We, we, can, we can turn this around. Uh, just again, using a quick case example that, uh, you know, this last three weeks, uh, one of my referring physicians sent me her mother, who's 91. I saw her a few weeks ago. And she was in that, you know, beginning to moderate level of dementia. She said she's, she's very anxious now. She, short-term memory is, is no good. She lost her sense of humor. She's very scared. Um, and she said, you know, can you help her? I said, you know, Maria, I can, I can turn it back at, you know, give me, give me an hour or two and I'll do it. And I just did one hour and a half, uh, lengthy session. And two days later, she sent me an email and it, it said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got my mother back. And she said, she's, she's sleeping well. She's not anywhere near as fearful. She has a sense of humor back. No, her memory's not back completely. Um, but she said, you know, it's, it put her back years and she just seems to be enjoying life again. Wow. So It turns back the clock. So that's the point. And I think it gets to the source of the impairment. You know, when your brain is degenerating, okay, you know, I I really, what I want to say is that the medical community doesn't have a way of of measuring what this stuff is, this trapped inflammation. There's no MRI for it. There's no x-ray for it. Only the human hand Ah, at the moment can pick it up. So you come back as it's an unknown thing and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: That's and that's, so what I, that's what I want to change.
2: That's Sorry. what I want to
1: change. The imaging doesn't tell you what you need to know.
2: No, it does not show this interstitial inflammatory stasis. There, there, you can sample it, and it's in the research article. If you take a tiny, tiny needle and you go into the trigger points and you measure the inflammation in the clear fluid, it does show up. And that initial sampling it, that shows the inflammation is trapped in there was done in 2007 by Dr. Jay Shah. And Dr. Jay Shah and his NIH, National Institute of Health cohorts, got that idea because I went down there and told them to do that study. And Jay Shaw was a, was a patient of mine. And he said, you know, how in the heck does this work? And he invited me down there. I told him to do it. They did it. And they proved that the inflammation was trapped. And But it took another, you know, you know, 13 years before enough research came out that I could explain exactly how it's trapped. And that's what's in the article.
1: Interesting. StrainCounterStrain.com, everybody. Thank you.
2: Uh, it- no, no, but it's just, just counterstrain.com, okay? Just okay. counter. once yep.
1: again, counterstrain.com.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you for my listening audience for tuning in yet once again to First Lady Nutrition Podcast. Have a wonderful counterstrain free week of health, happiness, peace. Shalom uvracha. please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.